Welcome to SaaS Talks from Lead to Close, where I'll be sharing with you everything that I've learned to close leads. I went from quitting my first sales job because I was too scared to talk to strangers to becoming a VP of sales for multiple tech startups where I built a sales team from scratch and led them to an acquisition. I'll teach you how to schedule more demos on your calendars, close at least 50% of your demos, and build a pipeline large enough so you're always hitting quota. If you're looking to scale, then turn the volume up. All right, everybody. Today, we have another specially special monthly guest, Mike Simmons. A lot of you actually know who he is because you've either seen him on, I think it was with Scott Lease on his podcast, right? On, uh, uh, what's this? Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out. Surfing Sales. Surfing Sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a while, but yeah, it was on their, uh, on their, on their a while back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the founder of Catalyst Sale. Yes, Catalyst. I don't know. I, I got stuck there, but a uh, uh, business and sales advisor, coach, consultant, and speaker. Um, I'm really excited about this particular um, episode. I know a lot of podcast hosts say that. I'm really excited, but I really am because I think there's. I have at least my my podcast a ton of episodes on discovery, but I think and I I actually don't think there's a lot of content around setting up next steps. And I think sales reps are awful at setting up next steps. Um, either they don't know how to do it. They um, they know how to do, it, but they just don't do it for whatever reason. And then when they do actually actually end up setting up next steps at the end of the call, the demo, whatever it is, um, it's sort of arbitrary. And they were like, "Hey, let's just set up next steps to see where you're at." And then that's where it ends. Um, so Mike is going to talk about um, how to masterfully and tactically set up next steps. I think you call it a next logical step design. So I'm going to give you the mic. Um, and I'm going to be mindful of time. I have another on another screen. I have uh, 20 minutes. If we bleed over, that's fine. Um, but you have the floor. All right. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. There's a so uh, more. You've talked a little bit about one of the biggest challenges, which is ambiguity around next steps. And that's probably the biggest word that I'll use. And I'll only use that word because we create a lot of ambiguity in the work that we do and the way that we communicate. And uh, ultimately, the the opposite of ambiguity is uh, is clarity. Mm-hmm. So how can we provide more clarity? When we design for next logical steps, we can provide a high level of clarity, not only to our customers, but to ourselves around where things are going and what needs to happen next. And before we go into any meeting, we should have an understanding of what our next logical steps are. So up above here, and I like to work on the whiteboard, up above here, we've got a call, call plan model, which is who's going to be in the room, what are our objectives over here, what do we anticipate are their objectives, and what are our desired next steps? Well, in a discovery call, desired next steps could be, what's an obvious desired next step at the end of a discovery call? Set up a demo if they don't do a disco demo, if it's a separate discovery call. Perfect. Yep. So set up a demo, a capabilities call, a discussion around what a solution might look like based on all of the data we collect in on the, our objective side of the call plan. So we've got objectives for our call plan from a a discovery standpoint. One of our desired next steps is schedule a demo. Another desired next step might be access to others inside the organization. A lot of times what ends up happening at the end of that discovery call though, what's one of the most common things that happens at the end of the discovery call? What does the client usually tell or prospect tell you about a next step? Yeah, we'll get back to you. 
we'll get back to you. Uh, can you send me some information? Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever it is, especially, especially if it's like a cold call and you got on the, that discovery call from a cold outbound and that you'll, most of the time you'll get a, send me some information. Right. So, but that's not one of our desired next steps at the end of a discovery call. We can design for our desired next steps. We can also anticipate what the, um, what their objectives are. Their objectives might be more information. And we can ask some questions around what that additional information looks like, how they're going to use it, who they're going to share it with. Ultimately, when we start mapping out success in the way that we work with clients, we can start figuring out all of the different steps that someone does as they go along the yellow brick road to get out to Oz. And if we work backward, similar like playing on the golf course, if you design backward from the hole and you then execute forward, you know where you want your approach shot to be, that, set, that second shot into the, into the green on a par four or that third shot into the green on a par five. Uh, so what we're talking about here when designing for next logical steps is we're designing backward, beginning with the end in mind, channeling our inner Stephen Covey, designing backward so that we can execute forward. And we can lay out a couple of calls. And this model here, just simply, and these could are going to be, these will be all different for you as you go through your planning. First call, discovery. Second one, capability. Third one, maybe post-trial review. Fourth one, solution, design, whatever that might look like, contracting. If it's a little bit more complex, after the capability, maybe there's a pre-trial kickoff. Maybe there's a mid-trial review. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know right. your business your business as you go through. But for everybody out there, you if you've ever closed a deal, one business, you should be able to say, when I won this business, this is what happened right before signature. This is the type of meeting that happened right before that. This yeah. is the type of meeting that happened before that. And then if we apply our call plan card to it, we can be really clear on objectives on both sides and what our desired next steps are. Those desired next steps help us lead each of these calls, take control in the way that we work through those calls so that we can move toward those desired next steps. What do you think? Yeah. So I have a couple of questions. Um, as I'm listening to this, you're essentially reverse engineering. You're setting up next steps by reverse engineering past calls that were a success. And so my first first thought is, if somebody is listening to this episode, they're like, okay, then it sounds like what I should do, like a tactical step would be, let me review all my deals won, potentially even the deals won by the top performers. And let me reverse, let me sort of backtrack and skill, uh, not skill, uh, uh, sort of like create a, a, you know, connect the dots and see, well, how many calls did that deal get until it closed? And is there a, is there a pattern? Meaning like majority of the deals on average, almost all of them had a free trial, a follow-up call with the CEO and so on. Like there has to be some sort of pattern that is repetitive. And then, okay, then that sounds like that is the formula uh, to inject into my deal flow. So that's my first thought to use historic data, right? Yep, right, you, you you nailed it. And what we're looking at are big stepping stones that help us get from point A to Z without trying to leap from A to Z. Because if we try to leap from A to Z, we're gonna be, we take on a lot of risk. Not everybody has a helicopter that's gonna get them from A to Z. Not everybody can 
jump from A to Z. Most times you get customers or prospects will ask you for a proposal. Can you send me some pricing information? And there's no, con there's no context. What are some of the incremental steps that we can go through? Stepping stones to improve the likelihood of success. Now, looking at the historic data will help. You should be able to identify patterns. The challenge and the most common mistake that people make with this is they try to make this so detailed, overly detailed. We're cooking when it comes to sales. We're not baking. We're cooking. We're throwing a little bit of extra salt, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of pepper, some olive oil. We're going to keep the ingredients relatively simple. We may decide we want to measure. If we're, we're, if we're baking, we have to measure. So uh, this is where uh, what we're doing is we're saying, let's lay out a couple of stepping stones so that I know and they'll talk about this in the context of, uh, of navigation. I know where each of my waypoints are so that if I'm not making it through those waypoints in the right order, I can identify that I've got some risk here in my organization. Now I've talked about cooking. Um, another way to look at this is if you're getting in a car ride, if you're going to drive from Miami and you're going to go North up to, um, uh, up to Orlando. And for whatever reason, you find yourself in Key West something has gone horribly wrong. You've, so by having these next logical steps, these stepping stones that you design out, you can start to evaluate and reflect on how deals are progressing. Bear in mind, this is not sales process stuff. This is all aligned with enabling the customer journey. It's not about what stage am I in in my sales cycle. These are what I like to call power-ups that exist in the interactions that you have with customers. And by designing for next logical steps, holding people accountable to those next logical steps, you can help accellerate uh, deal flow. Does that so, help? Yeah. So question, let's say um, sales rep is on a call, doesn't matter which call uh, this, for this example. Sure. And the prospect says, um, no, they want a proposal. They want some piece of information. And, and that's the, pro the prospect is saying that that should be their next step, essentially. And the rep did the homework and they're like, well, I looked at the historic data. I reverse engineered deals one. And I saw that by doing that actually does not lead to a win. What I should be doing is getting them on a separate, a second call with their partner. So there's a conflict of next steps alignment. What would you recommend a rep to say and do in that scenario? Yeah. So this is, this one sucks because I'm going to say it depends. Now in the, it depends context, we'll lay a little bit more out there. Let's say that, um, let's say that you're involved in the organ, in the organization and you already understand how they buy, meaning the person you're talking to has already answered the question. When you traditionally have purchased something like this in the, or when you purchased something like this in the past, how, what has that process looked like? They can demonstrate exactly what that process looks like. If I've got that information, my risk is a little bit lower. I might be interested in helping meet them where they are in their specific process. If I've asked that question in my discovery, and this is the first time they're buying something like this, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, you know, a lot of times you people, you know, someone in your position, whatever the role is, CIOs in your position will look for that same thing. And many times the reason you look for this thing is because you uh, have got something, you've got some others inside the organization that you need to share things with. Well, many times what will end up happening is uh, we'll run into some kind of block or we'll run into some kind of obstacle there. And the reason we run into that obstacle is because those people have not been involved in this aspect of the discussion. To overcome that, what we usually do is we have this type of discussion 
does it make sense for us to get together as three people to go through and, and do that? And, and I'll operate as an extension of your team in that, in that, com- in that yeah. conversation. A lot of it really depends on the rapport and the relationship and all of those things. Now I get it. There are a number of people who work through really, really fast sales cycles. Things are going to be a little bit more transactional. Someone on the other end is going to say, look, you're a rep. You're making it really hard for me to work through. Just help them understand that the reason why we're making it, we're adding some tension here, some friction here is because we want them to be as successful as they can be. And we work with people like them all the time. Yeah. I I like that. Right. Like, so there's an aspect of challenge, lightly challenging the prospect. Um, And so like my head is like, as you're speaking, my head's like running like sales formulas, not like math formulas, but you know what I mean? Like algebra, like if prospect does X, then you do Y. And so like what I'm hearing is um, there's a misalignment prospect says like wants to do a next step that is not aligned with what successful next steps looks like. And there's that gap and you're essentially sharing the the gap of like, what's the issue of doing that? That's good. I like that. Um, And I like that. Essentially it is, you're doing a level of discovery there, right? You're sharing a piece of information and then you're asking them if it's okay to set up a call or whatever the, the next logical steps are based on historic performance. Okay, cool. Absolutely. And I don't think discovery ever ends. Like it doesn't, we're always no. discovering, we're always learning. And it's not, that's why I find it funny when people put discovery as a stage in their sales process. So we've stopped learning after we've made it through that process where there's nothing yeah. else for us to gain. Discovery is an activity. Discovery is an ongoing process. Discovery is something that goes throughout that entire, uh, the entire customer journey. Uh, it's not a, it's not a one-time event and that's an awesome highlight. Yeah. And so, okay. So, um, so they, they, the rep, I'm just doing a little summary. The, the rep is, they did the research. They're looking at successful calls. They re- they now set up essentially a map of what next logical steps could be depending on where that deal sits. Right. Um, what if they didn't do that? Let, let's just say they joined the company, they, you know, there are sales, but there's for whatever reason, they didn't know how to, or there wasn't a proof of concept they can piggyback off of. How would you recommend them tactically to set up steps that are not um, ambiguous? Yeah. I think the big thing here is uh, when you, the first time that you get to interact with a customer, ask some questions, gather some information, figure out how their what their buying process looks like, and then start to lay out your stepping stones based on that. And then as you start to identify other ones, you, uh, you gain more information, you gain, you add additional information into the algorithm, then you start to figure out, you know, you're machine learning yourself. You're figuring out, okay, when I do this, this tends to happen. Or when mm-hmm. this happens, this tends to happen. That's a, that's going to be the build it on your own, uh, build it on your own process. When it comes to being very deliberate, think about um, uh, if you read any books on conditioning, like how do you condition uh, a dolphin to, to jump or do a flip or condition a, uh, your, uh, your dog to sit up um, or stay. Uh, there are these. Ser- there's a series of successive approximation that happens where each of these new skills start to layer on top of each other. Same thing's going to happen relative to um, this piece around next steps. When you go through, you're going to say something like, "At the at the end of a meeting, I would like to have a minimum of three next steps." One of those next steps is going to be the responsibility of the client. The other next, are you are you saying two, are you saying this to yourself or to the client? 
I'm saying I'm I'm saying this to my to, this is me from a modeling perspective. Oh, yes, okay. I've got three next steps I want at a minimum. Yeah, I might have five, but try to keep uh, mm-hmm. odd numbers. But one of those is going to be the clients, and the other two are going to be mine. And the reason why I'm going to take that be that deliberate in how I divide the next steps up are um, I want to be able to deliver my first next step to the client as a follow up to the meeting. I want to hold off on delivering my second next step to the client, give them time to return their next step, remind them what they have to do. If they're going to introduce me to someone, they're going to schedule a meeting, they're going to do whatever. And then I'll use my the second, the third next step as a way to uh, hold them accountable again for whatever piece of information is, is missing. So when it comes to tactics, and I know this is getting a little bit long, but when it comes to tactics, I want to be deliberate, clear about what the next steps are. If I'm not clear about what those next steps are, then I need to be really comfortable with testing a couple of next steps to see which ones generate momentum. How would you do that? Help us avoid on a call. Stall. How do I do that on a call? Well, so tactically speaking, what I'll do is when I'm when I'm on a call, I'll write in three in three colors. Um, I'll write in black, blue, and red. Black are just notes that I generally get from uh, from folks, things that I think are interesting throughout the call. Red are the things that are going to be next steps. I'm going to be listening to those in the call. You know, what is it that the customer tells me about uh, how they're going to do something or what their process looks like? or uh, things that they're struggling with that maybe I know are interesting that I may want to share with them. Let's say that we're talking about um, we're talking about sales process things, and they say one of the things that they struggle with is accountability. I might write down on a note that I'm going to send them something specifically related to um, accountability in the context of behavior change, as, as an example. But I'll use three colors. I'll use red, black, and then the third color, the blue. It's just for anything else, things that maybe I didn't hear, but I wanted to do a follow-up on, or it was something interesting or came up, or it was a question that I wanted to ask that I didn't get a chance to ask in, in the meeting. But those three colors will help me keep focused on what those on what those next steps are. Next steps should be actionable. So a thing that someone does, schedule a meeting, send me information. Um, introduce me to so-and-so, identify three people to be a part of a trial, whatever that is. It's got to, it's got to be, it's, it's, it's got to be actionable. And then the other thing it needs to do is it needs to be assigned to someone. So I need to be able to put a name of someone who's going to take ownership. Am I going to take ownership as the rep or is the person on the other end that I'm talking to going to take ownership? I wouldn't just make up next steps for the sake of having next steps. It doesn't really, it's not going to, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to add any value. Um, and in a lot of cases, it's going to feel a bit, uh, it, it's, it'll, it'll feel, it'll feel forced. Um, as I'm thinking about your question, tasks should be actionable, should be assigned to someone. And then there should be a time frame on when that I is literally, happen. as you're right before you said, it, I was like listing out the steps, actionable it's to, and I put number three and I wrote time. And then you just said that. I was like, okay, so perfect. Yeah. So those, so those are it. But, and as you go through, be comfortable. Like let's say you're the first rep inside an organization trying to figure this out without any data test. Like, yep. Yes. Yeah. I'm a big believer in AB, te- AB, te- yeah. AB testing everything. What I, what I really like, I think there is, what I really like is that 
I think reps really, and this goes down to come back, comes back to many reps don't know how to actually set up next steps. Um, they, when they do, it's very arbitrary. And I really, so I think to, to fix the arbitrary problem of setting up next steps, look at data and see what you've, what next steps have been done that led the deal to a close. And it was advantageous to both sides to solve the problem of, to, to solve the problem of many reps don't know actually how to set up next steps, then make a list of next steps that are actionable assigned to. So there has to be someone that's like takes ownership of it. And then there's a time frame. So I think this is like if there was a if, yeah if you had like a software that set help rep set up next steps out this would be it right here. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's I think it's great and it, it's it is one of those things where we don't we don't put enough time into this most of the time because we just keep doing. But mm-hmm. think about think about any goal that you've set for yourself. It could be a goal to have yep a big family dinner, or it could be a goal to make that trip from Miami up to Jacksonville or for me from Phoenix to, um, uh, to San Diego. Once I know that I want to be in San Diego, I know that I'm going to drive through Alpine. I'm going to make it through, um, El Centro. I'm going to go through Yuma and I'm probably going to go through Gila Bend is you know, a couple of areas, a couple of areas. My objective each time that I when I'm in the car is to get to the next step. It's to mm-hmm. get to Gila Bend, yeah. to then get to Yuma, to then yeah. get to El Centro, to then get to San Diego. I can't get to San Diego from Phoenix without going through those three areas. So when you think about the design thing up here on the top left side, as you build up those stepping stones, start to think about what are the major gates, major waypoints, major stepping stones that you have to go through in order to get a deal done. And you'll be able to go through some data and you'll start to identify, Hey, you know what, when we skip this step, some risk happens, or we've got something, something's changed in the operating environment that forces us to rethink some of those steps. The other thing I would suggest as you're thinking about doing this inside your business is don't do it in a vacuum. Um, you pull together a couple of people inside the team and just say, Hey, if we break down the last couple of deals that we put together, what were the things that happened just before? Yes. What were the things that happened just before that? What were the mm-hmm. things that happened just mm-hmm. before that? And then you can build, get a whiteboard, build it out, do it, some digital whiteboarding. I use MindNode to do a lot of this digitally so that we can move those boxes around. Is there a software use- that has this like a, like a sales software, like SaaS play that has like can extract data from deals and the steps and just like create this thing for you that shows you... Not that I've seen the way that I've done, the way that I've done it historically is just to go through deal flow information, go into the, go into the de- go into the deal. And then the other thing that I'll do is wow. I'll make next steps, uh, a, a data field at an opportunity level, yep. um, yep. when implementing, uh, implementing a CRM. And then, uh, what will, are you constantly ideally, updating those next steps in the data constantly? Field? Yeah, it's not. And it, and I actually went back and forth on Twitter with somebody recently about this. I, I firmly believe that next steps should be a field and it should be a short field. And each time it gets updated, it should rewrite whatever was in there before. It should not be a running list of next steps. It should be I hear you saying. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So just updates. Do you think, yeah. do you also think that as the next step, the new field for the next step gets updated, let's just say, let's say there's five next steps and they're on like the third one that the chance to close increases, it should on like 
I don't know if that's possible. That'd be cool. It should, it, 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 it should. I, I don't, when it comes to chance to close and probability of sale, I'm not in, I'm not into using next steps as a probability of sale. I use state sales stages. Um, and I think it's really important that sales stages have a clear are clearly defined. And there's a binary statement that says I'm either in this, in this stage or out of the stage. So yes, mm-hmm. no statement. I validated a s- situation where I could see us working together qualified. I understand the story from the customer's perspective, and I can clearly state the problem from their perspective. Makes sense. Based on my understanding of the problem, we're the right fit. So that's fit. Yes or no. Like these are binary statements. Those help drive deal probability. They have nothing to do with time, but they they do help us with probability. Time's a whole different thing. That's based on close date. So yes, I, as you can tell, just based on this discussion, some of the drawings up here and some of the other stuff that I've put out there, designing for designing to solve for specific things is really important to me. We can do that from a process perspective. We just need to think through, test, and iterate on that. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I, I like this. I like this because you know why? It's it's um, it's uh, a lot of meat and potatoes and there's um systems in place uh, there's it's a formula almost i think very like you said algorithmic and to an extent um if this then that um cool this is helpful um is there where, where can people find you besides linkedin anywhere else you want them to go Twitter is a really good place. I'm actually more active on Twitter than I am on LinkedIn. You can send me a direct message in either one of those places and I'll respond uh, to it. And then uh, if you get a chance check out the Find My Catalyst podcast, there's a, there's a lot of content out there that has been shared uh, over, over, over the years. But those are, the, those are probably the three best places, the, the podcast, Twitter, LinkedIn. And, gotcha. I'll, uh, and I'll put the description um, uh, for all three in or I'll put the link for the description, all three in the episode. Um, cool. Well, I appreciate you, Mike. Um, I think we should do probably something again very soon. Awesome. This has been, this has been great. I, and uh, tighten up this piece on, on these, this square. If any of these lines in the square are not clear, meaning we've not figured out next steps. So this is a dotted line. That shape can't hold water. You're not ready for that call. Mm. Not done your work. So keep your line solid, simplify the way that you're engaging with folks and continue to learn throughout the process more. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you found this relevant or practical at all, then please share this episode. Until next time, I'm your host, Mor Asulin.